fighting Apple Music fraud, satellite services are hard, and Congress questions Apple. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices featured gear, like the Twinkly app-controlled LED holiday lights. Twinkly delivers the ultimate in flexible lighting for your Christmas tree, holiday decor, or everyday use. Find the links at macvoices.com slash featured gear. All one word, featured gear. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, a quick reminder that we were testing out some new software for this Mac Voices live session, so things get a little rough in places uh, with the audio and the video. Please bear with us. Let's go back and let the panel start talking about Apple fighting Apple Music fraud. Um, but let me throw the next one in that I had here in mind to that chat room and over to this chat room. That Apple has, um, sorry, got distracted there. That Apple has implemented uh, some some things to cut back on music fraud, which is something that I think we've touched on before, but I had no idea that it was going on to this degree, that apparently they've cut down by 30% music fraud because some musicians have been securing bots to just play only their music so they can get paid by Apple Music. Really? (laughs) Wow. Really what? I mean, I just, I, I've, I guess I should not be surprised, given human nature, that someone would find a way to game the system like this. But that seems to be like an awful, potentially an awful lot of trouble for just not a lot of revenue. It's not that much trouble. I mean, the whole thing is setting up uh, little farms that uh, that automatically do the same thing over and over on on the internet that's like old hat um it's it's how it's how uh advertising companies were gaming uh ad revenue tracking um it's it's well it's how bitcoin mining has worked um it's well I mean, uh, DDoS attacks, that's how they work. So setting this up to, to do, or or to, to play songs over and over. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's an easy lift right there. Um, related to this, I did see today that Spotify has said that, uh, songs that get under a certain threshold of plays, they're not going to pay royalties to to those artists so it's like i don't remember what the number is but it it, it was like if your song has less than ten thousand plays it might it might be lower than that um then you're not that just isn't going to get any money for it which sounds to me like a great incentive for people to start running bots to play their songs on spotify all the time Well, so Jeff, I guess that 
But don't but wouldn't each one of those bots have to have a separate Apple Music account, or at least they're they own a limited number of bots would be able to sign in with a given Apple Music account? Just make a a, a bunch of bogus accounts. Just and just keep making them. You can probably automate the whole process of creating Apple IDs and um, and then just have them play songs. Apple is fi- fighting it, and apparently they're they're putting a dent in it to some degree. And if you're an artist out there who is engaging in this, or if you're an artist who wants to engage in it, call Jeff because apparently he knows how to do it. <laughs> yeah, Ben and I, we're, we're starting a new company. We'll get you paid. <laughs> ben, I'm afraid I interrupted you earlier. What what did you want to add? I was, um, this honestly does not surprise me. Uh, musicians are making considerably less than they were in the physical me- media days. So, I mean, they have to work far harder than they were when back in the old CDs and record contracts days. So, if they, I'm not surprised that some of them have turned to trying to scam scam it like this. Dave, you're you're kind of quiet. Any thoughts on this? I think that that, that there's there's going to be some scammers out there. They're trying to do this stuff, like like Ben said. Um, but I, I think overall, this is something that they they, they needed to do, uh, and they're protecting. And that's good to see that it's it's thirty percent less than fraud. Um, but but there's always going to be somebody out there that's looking to, uh, you know, get around the system. How I say it, you know, whether it's Apple Music, whether it's Spotify, whether it's YouTube Music, when it's any of the music services that are out there um it's it's bound to happen but well, this is good to see that apple is uh has dropped in, in any of that this fraudulent activity well it's i guess it just goes to show you all the things that apple has to has to deal with that and and right. i'm sure the same thing is happening on spotify uh and any of the other music services oh, for that, sure. you know that 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 are streaming music and therefore paying royalties that you just, we don't see that or we don't appreciate just what it takes to run some of these operations. I mean, it's the same thing with uh, YouTube, you know, with paying royalties too. So, you know, they're paying royalties to, to the, the music uh, as well, as well as the one on YouTube itself, you know, with the, with the content creators, you know, there's, there's, there's bounds of ways to try to get that going. I wanted to throw this one in. Uh, the Qualcomm has uh, was apparently attempting to copy Apple's satellite S- SOS, um, and they killed it after ten months. And then, in a related story, I don't have a link for that right now, um, but that the Apple satellite SOS thing will continue to be free for another year. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out where these two stories cross up. You know. Why did Qualcomm drop it? 
And has has Apple decided it was that much of a differentiator? Because the the, the by my calendar, the announcement about it continuing for another year came after Qualcomm dropped it. So it feels like one of the one of the potential competitors already had dropped out, and yet Apple decided to make it free for another year. We're looking at the wrong. Surely you don't think Apple check. is paying attention to Qualcomm. No, I don't. I, you're right, Jeff or Jim. I don't. But you know, I look at it and just think, okay, just interesting timing was all. Jeff, yeah, uh, Chuck doesn't have an SOS network. They are buying service from other companies. So Qualcomm is competing with these other companies, and apparently decided that they they can't compete in that space. So they're not going to. And that, I don't think, has anything directly to do with Apple offering an SOS feature on the iPhone. Um, so the other side of this, which I also don't think is related to, to Qualcomm, is Apple saying, hey, we're extending the, the service as a free feature for another year. I think they're are going to do it again and again, keep extending it, or uh, or maybe their next move will just be to say, "Oh, by the way, this is just a feature of the iPhone," and uh, and I think that Apple is not going to ever charge for the SOS feature because the optics of someone being screwed when uh, when SOS doesn't work because they weren't paying for it and the and and they needed it, and now someone dies, that is not something Apple wants on uh, on the headlines with their name attached to it. So I think ultimately Apple is just going to say, you know what, we decided this feature is so important that as a truly altruistic measure, we're just going to keep this free for everyone forever because it's that important. Just like we'll never add a fee for you to use the EKG feature on your Apple watch or the fall detection feature. This is just part of what you get by being an Apple customer. The difference is that Apple doesn't pay for every time that somebody does an EKG on their watch. Like that's built into the hardware. Whereas this is a service. I, I could see a point where they do need to charge for it to keep it going. Um, I mean, they could, they can fold it in because they're rich and blah, 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 but it, it's a business too. And I, I could see having a charge for it and maybe they just haven't worked out how to do it yet. Okay. Jim? I, I can see that. Um, I, I think the question is, how is Apple uh, being charged for it? I think the service is run by Global Star, and Apple's buying it from them. So... Uh, is Apple paying Global right. Star each time somebody makes an emergency call, or is Apple paying some fixed amount and it doesn't matter how many calls? So one thing is they, you know, when they first announced it, um, Apple probably had no idea how often this would get used, so they might not have had a good basis for knowing whether they could give it away or not. I, I kind of suspect that what's going to happen is they're never going to charge for the SOS feature, but maybe down the road, there'll be a non-emergency feature that 
you could like maybe send text messages and maybe receive text messages from anybody, and then that will cost money. Okay. Ben? Jim? Um, I have a feeling that Apple's investment or Apple's payment to uh, to Global Star came in the form of investment um, because Apple inv- uh, lended $252 million to Global Star. So my my guess is that Apple will continue to to uh, pay by supporting their satellite network, and but maybe you're right. Maybe they will add in a fee for a non-emergency satellite feature. Uh, the byline on this uh, tells a lot about it. Apparently, the manufa- the Android manufacturers. Um, all have the option of using this and did not. And I think that's where you see the difference between Apple and iOS and the iPhone and all the Android manufacturers. With Apple, you have one vision. With the Android manufacturers, you have everybody trying to do their own thing and make money off of it. Well, it's mostly Samsung, isn't it? In the States. Well, that's a good point, too. We tend to think of it just... Even worldwide, though, outside of China. So, Jim, I way underestimated or or way underreported how much Apple invested. Um, It it was actually $450 million, not $252 million. I'm just sitting here looking up links left and right. Making my show notes longer, Jeff. Thank you. How, how much is that per? Doing iPhone? my part to help. Well, that's a good question. Not Jeff. very how much. much is that well, yeah. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices featured gear, like the Twinkly app-controlled LED holiday lights. Twinkly delivers the ultimate in flexible lighting for your Christmas tree, holiday decor, or everyday use. With a variety of lengths to suit your needs, Twinkly lets you go beyond the blank options of other lights, giving you the ability to create your own simple or complex designs with full control of color and design placement via the addressable LEDs. Use the app to get exactly the look you want. See how the Twinkly app lets you create and sculpt all kinds of unique designs for your lights or use the presets to give you a spectacular look for the holidays, parties, or just to add some uniqueness to your own home in two Mac Voices interviews from CES, Mac Voices number 20074 and Mac Voices number 23038. The demonstration in Mac Voices number 20074 is still one of my all-time favorites because I wasn't expecting anything like what Twinkly delivers. Find the links and more at macvoices.com slash featured gear. That's all one word, featured gear. MacVoices.com slash featured gear. So the next one I had this, some of this stuff happened just, just after we did the last show. Um, but apparently Congress wants to talk to Apple and John Stewart about the fact that they went their separate ways with uh, John Stewart's show on Apple TV plus. Is this a good thing? 
It's Congress. Well, no. If I could be so blunt, if if you're a person in public office that just wants to make it look like you give a crap, it's a great thing. <laughs> I think the concern is is the the fact of the, the freedom of speech, the freedom of being able to say what we talk about anything you know, that is the first amendment, you know, you, you, I, I see that why the government might, might be getting involved with this, but again, it's, this is, this is nothing. When, when do they get involved with this? When there's so many times that that's violated. So what, I don't understand why they, why they would be, would even care. Um, other than if it's worried about something between the U S and China, cause they're obviously trying to repair their relationship too, which that happened recently too. So. Well, it's a publicity stunt for the congressman involved. It's complicated for all parties here. Um, Apple does need to negotiate its its business in China. At the same time, there's going to be some due diligence here uh, to see if a, a major American company is under the influence of a competing power. I'm I'm sure nothing will come of this, but it's not surprising. Oh, Ben, you used an interesting phrase, under the influence of a competing power. <sighs> Does, does yes, decided, I'm trying to does, say things. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to say things very careful to not be political. Well, I, listen, I think we all are. But I, I guess if I just – if, if oh, I'm trying to find a good analogy. But is it under the influence of, of, of someone else if you decide that you're not going to just wave the flag and – and it was, no, scratch that because that conjures the wrong image. That that you're not going to hire someone who's just going to beat the daylights out of one of your best customers constantly. That you know that and and doing so out of out of a sense of political correctness or their own beliefs as opposed to maybe objective facts. And. And there lies uh, the sensitivity of the issue. I mean, Apple as a as a company has their own people they answer to, their own agenda, which is usually making money, which involves uh, most of their manufacturing being in China. So they're going to have to definitely walk the line to a certain point um, with it with in that Chinese system. At the same time, they are an American company. So Congress has to do its due diligence as well. Okay. I'll I'll buy that. I'll buy that. It just, I mean, it, everything I read, well, um, Brian, you had said, I'd rather have you say it than me say it as to, you know, what, what, the way it was postured. Yeah, I was looking at the story, and it does say towards the end, it talks about how, you know, Apple didn't actually cancel the show, but rather 
uh, Stewart reportedly decided to walk away from the program and uh, rather than compromise on creative control. And I, I don't have to find a link, of course, you know, but there's been other TV shows from uh, Apple that, you know, we've heard about where Apple comes in and has some, you know, creative differences that they want to, uh, you know, talk to the producers about, I think, and not necessarily always agree. Jim, not the first time. Yes. <laughs> um, Your comment on First Amendment rights. Oh, well, I mean, first of all, a company can't violate someone's First Amendment rights. The First Amendment says the government shall not infringe on someone's right to say anything. So John Stewart can go on the cor- street corner, say whatever he wants. But Apple doesn't have uh, any obligation to broadcast that through their, let's say, network. I don't know what you call it nowadays. Um, So, you know, this isn't a First Amendment issue. And I don't see how Congress has, you know, they don't have a, there's no, no cause for Congress to stick their nose in. Apple writes the checks. They get to say what um, goes out under their name. Um, and, you know, you may or may not disagree with it. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to see Jon Stewart not be on Apple TV anymore. But, um, you know, a- Apple has every right to decide what's going to go out under their name. You know, I, there was another article that I looked at, the Ars Technica. Uh, they, uh, they said that uh, Apple's China ties are under congressional scrutiny. So... Are they scrutinizing the fact that uh, okay they 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 cancel it because of their ties with China and is there some influence there? I mean, there's another there's another thing to question. But I don't think that would be illegal. No, not at all. I mean, it's it's Apple's choice, obviously. So, but I mean, congressional hailings aren't a legal matter, right? They're not. It's well, Congress said, finding information. Time. So, do you all consider John Stewart a, a journalist of, of any stripe, or is he an entertainer, or is he a pundit? Where where does he fall in, in probably- your judgment? When with everything he's he's accomplished in his career up to this point, I would probably I put him in a between a journalist sure. and a pundit. I'm sorry, Dave, Brittany, Jim, Dave, repeat yours, please. I would probably have him fall under being a pundit. I mean, he's always done pol- political satire for a long time when he did The Daily Show and many others, uh, many other shows. In relation to this, so I mean, he has some journalistic uh, involvement, but I think more of a pundit than, than anything else, in my opinion. Brittany, I don't think it has to be just one. Like he's done all of those things. Okay, that's fair, Jim. I I'm wondering, you know, what? Why are you asking that? Because the First Amendment, if the government is censoring someone, the First Amendment applies no matter which of those they fall under. I mean, you know, there have been cases in yeah, the, but the government's not past when things that were 
that, that, that were purely entertainment that have been censored. So, uh, you know, I don't think somebody, they don't get different rights depending on which of those categories they fall into. Um, to answer that, and then I want to get the, the rest of the panel in, but the reason I ask is because I think of journalists being held to a certain standard, whereas entertainers and pundits aren't. And I'm not talking about uh, First Amendment rights or anything, Jim. Um, I'm just talking about in general as someone who who has a voice, large or small, through whatever platform or platforms, that when I look at them, I say, okay, which ca- which category am I putting that individual in? And therefore, I'm measuring them by certain yardsticks. Uh, let's see. I want to I want to catch up. Um, uh, let's see. Barry in the chat room says, uh, "I think of John Stewart currently as an entertainer activist." It's really interesting. I like that description. Yeah, I, I can see that too. Yeah, he's done a lot of activist type. Uh, uh, new stories on that on the problem um, for, you know, for all those many years. Eric, yeah, and, you know there and there are a lot of comedians who have sort of gone on to mix the activism, entertaining, commentary. He he was an early one. There there are a lot more currently out there as well. It's kind of a whole category. Okay. Jeff? Um, I'm calling him an entertainer and and a pundit. When when you get people of this caliber, and it happens a lot with, uh, with comedians, you get really, really smart people. And, uh, and John Stewart has been uh, uh, lucky enough to have had the opportunities to really leverage that, and uh, and he's doing a great job with it. Whether you agree with his opinions or not, he's doing a really great job with uh, with leveraging his his experience, his knowledge, and his talents to be able to do this sort of thing. So yeah, he, he's an entertainer first, and I think he would he would uh, tell you that without hesitation. Uh, but he's definitely a pundit, and yeah. I do like what uh, what Barry said that he's an entertainer activist. Uh, Webb Bixby couldn't be with us tonight, but he's in our chat room, and he says I don't see John Stewart as a journalist. Um, and then Matthew and the is. Matthew in the chat room says he's been called a satirist. He's not Mark Twain or Roy Rogers. Yeah, isn't that the truth? But he did win the Mark Twain Prize, I think. So, yeah, he did. Did he? Okay. I don't for all those many years of what he did on the Daily Show. I mean, yeah, I mean that was a long run. I just I find it really intriguing in in an age where there's so much concern over all of us getting our news from. X from Facebook, from TikTok, from you know the social media, that someone who is a satirist, activist, entertainer, pundit, whatever, seems to have so much potential sway over so many people, not being held accountable to any journalistic standards, um, and then having 
having someone disagree with what he says on their platform, they decide that they decided they, and nobody said any, no, no one has said he was fired. They, they went their separate ways and then Congress decides to look into it. I, just throw that all into a blender and, and hit the button. And it just doesn't feel real good to me. <laughs> but well, maybe it's you keep saying Congress, like Congress as an entity did this when it's like some congressman who's, you know, looking for publicity for himself. It's, it's not Congress as an entity that's, that's doing this. Yeah, but but they, uh, you're not wrong, Jim. Except that we have to. I mean, I feel like we have to attribute it to Congress as as an entity because it's one of the. Unless only one politician comes out and says, and and I'm going to refrain from using any names, but unless one politician comes out and says, I think this is wrong, or I want to investigate this. It's. It feels like the the power of Congress is being invoked. I mean, what what are we going to? Th- I think it's. Um, I'm not sure. I don't have the the, the date well, exactly. Con- individual Congress people that are committee chairmen can do that. And so, what happens? It, it, it's, it's December 10th or 15th, I think it is that Apple has until that date to respond. So, what happens on the day after if they don't respond? If they just ignore it, if they just say, hey, this is not a congressional hearing, we're not answering. Apple looks guilty as sin of something. I'm not even sure what, but they just, they look guilty. Uh, Well, if there's a hearing, they'll respond. If there's not a hearing, then um, what is there for them to respond to? Yeah. As far as I can tell, they have not been formally subpoenaed. Right. And I would also, you know, we talk about journalistic standards, and I think, you know, most of us lived through a period where it seemed like there were some. um, But that's sort of the exception in, you know, the history of our country. And you go back and, you know, it used to be there was all these different newspapers and each newspaper you know, had their own point of view and, and there was no checking and it's just kind of like social media now. Like that's how newspapers work. Um, you know, uh, there's lots of quote unquote journalists, especially when you get onto the more pundit side that, you know, who knows, you know, what they're saying is quote unquote true or not, or what their agenda is. Uh, we've had satirists. We ha- we have a rich history of satirists in, in this country. Um, one of the things that John Stewart has done, um, he laid the groundwork so that so many other people could could uh, build on that whole idea as well. And that's that's why we have people like Stephen Colbert, Samantha Bee, John Oliver, Trevor Noah. Uh, th- these are all entertainer, pundits, activists, and uh, and I think that a lot of their success comes directly from the work of John Stewart and Trevor Noah and John Oliver, who literally worked for John Stewart. 
Right. Actually, all these people work for, for Stuart. Yeah, yeah, and Samantha B. Yes. And Samantha B. Samantha B. And Stephen Colbert, too. But all, all, all of them, then and now, worked for and work for, you know, large corporations that from time to time, I'm sure they've all been subject to, yeah, you can't say that. Well, for sure. I'm, I'm sure they all have. So that brings up an interesting, yeah, that's an interesting question as far as you can't say that. Why can't you say it? Um, uh, yeah. Oh, if you work for NBC, can you say bad things about GE? Maybe, maybe not. I remember Dave, that was a thing with uh, uh, David Letterman and the GE handshake. Anybody remember that? Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, my God. That was that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Brian gave us uh, this link. I'll throw it into the, uh, the YouTube chat. Um, that apparently these are the members of the select committee on the, the Chinese Communist Party that sent this request to Apple. And it is a bipartisan committee. So, well, all part, all committees are bipartisan, but oh yeah, one side is running them, and that that's a lot of white people. <laughs> wow! Um, um, look again. I believe it's a lot of. I was saying well, Roger Christian Murphy is uh, three. Is is my is is my congressman in Illinois and he's not white. <laughs> yeah. They're not that, that, they're so, not, that's a, that's a relatively mixed group. Jeff. Oh, not, oh. Huh. Yes. apparently the page froze on me. It was only showing the Republican members. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> so now, now I've refreshed the page. And now <laughs> he's a ranking member. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. Okay, it's nice to see that there there's a, a better representation in a, in this group than what it looked oh like God. on the page first loaded for me. Wow, <laughs> Britt, I think you were you were commenting and you were frozen, uh, or excuse me, muted. Um, I'm okay. No, it was it was only the the comment way back then. That the show actually apparently wasn't doing very well, and so it could be a little from column A, a little from column B. Let's just ax it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's 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 good perspective that nobody has brought up yet, or even mentioned, or even researched. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. I mean, once more. It's uh, if Mark Fuccio were here, he'd probably say that a lot of it's clickbait um, because it's it's Apple's name, and as we start out the conversation, it it gets people's names in the headlines. So, wait, Mark doesn't need to be here. I thought that's what I said at the very beginning. Well, you did, and I just Publicity gave you credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, you said Mark Futro <laughs> need to be here to say it. Well, he well he 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 loves the term clickbait, and he's not wrong for a lot of this stuff. <laughs> um, but this is not clickbait. This uh, is... I, I think those the Congress people they're not they're not they're not uh, right. They're 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 looking to have things to say to their constituents at the uh, next election. Probably the next primary. This Mac Voices Live panel wraps up next time as we finish up our experiment with some new software and talk about our favorite whipping boy, Microsoft. Find out why next time on Mac Voices. I'm Chuck Joyner. As always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices magazine free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices each month. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com Bandwidth provided by CashFly at CashFly.com.